Welcome to Stars and Roses, the podcast that recaps The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise through the lens of astrology and the zodiac. I'm your host, Hannah Piper Burns, and I can't wait to give you the celestial lowdown on everyone's favorite reality TV dating shows. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Hello and welcome to Stars and Roses. I'm Hannah Piper Burns, and I'm the extra mundane anthropologist of Bachelor Nation. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. 2020 has been a nonstop onslaught so far. So why should this season of The Bachelor honestly be any different? We are knee deep in it. We start at the end. He's got a cut above his eye. His mom is sobbing. He's going to pass out on a bed in some foreign country. But let's rewind just for a second. Back to this summer when I really ate shit at the end of last season of Bachelor in Paradise and was just unable, just simply unable to go on at the end. And I want to apologize for that. And I want to apologize for being sick right now. I am pushing through for you and me, frankly, because this needs to get recorded so we can just buckle in for this ride that we're on. We've already had a group date and a one-on-one date. I'm so, so unprepared, even more unprepared than usual. Um, but yes, the end of last season, a lot happened. A lot of people got engaged. A lot of people are now broken up. In fact, the only couples that still remain intact from paradise are Hannah G and Dylan. And honestly, that's just the power of Stockholm syndrome and Dean and Caitlin, excuse me, those crazy kids, God X bless them. Mm. I'm going to try and stay super hydrated to help stave off the cough. And I also have some fisherman's friend floating around here that I can, oh yes, crinkle the lozenges. Just so you know, I'm serious about this shit. So yes, in the honor of the Cancer full moon on which I'm recording this episode, I just wanted to be vulnerable and say the end of that season was rough for me. I was really second guessing myself and like trying to get into the flow of recording and then stopping and deleting and stopping and deleting and totally losing my place and um, really lost the joy of viewing, which I never want to do. And so... (laughs) I'm going to level with you. I didn't take any fucking notes for this three hour with commercials premiere. And um, I'm going to see how being more present in the episode and then giving some, some time to breathe and research um, how that, how that affects the content, because I think it'll be a little bit better of an experience for both of us. So here we are. (laughs) Peter, you know, just to remind everybody, (laughs) he grew up like next door to the mansion pretty much, maybe like 15 minutes away. He's so close that 
that Chris just picks him up on his way, probably from the airport, to take him over there. And um, the thing about Peter, other than that he fucks, which we've established, is he's got a lot of emotion. They're really they're really pushing that side of the softer side of Pete Weber. He's not just a shirtless golden retriever who washes his tiny plane. Um, he is a Leo son, little golden boy, with um, what I believe to be a Taurus moon, which is why he likes the get down with the get down. And then he's got Mercury, Venus, and Mars in Virgo. And of course, that's who you want flying your plane, somebody who um, has a lot of attention to detail and is a bit of a perfectionist. Um, but if not, maybe, mm, well, I'll say this through my lozenge. It's can really explain why he still can't seem to let go of Hannah. Not to get too ahead of myself here, but he'll always want the relationship that he's already put work into just by virtue of the fact that then it's not a failure. And I think that's going to be part of why that's part of why he hasn't been able to let her go. Speaking uh, from my heart there, let's talk about some of the contestants that I, full disclosure, have not looked up the birthdays yet. I found all of their Instagrams. I'm in the process of following them all. And then um, the birthday grid will unfold. But let's talk about who of these 30 women I have on my radar. Of course, Tammy. We love Tammy. Tammy, the uh, woman who wrestled on her boys' high school team and now flips houses. Demi. We've got uh, Lexi. Lexi, who made her entrance in a classic car and a blue velvet gown. Love the blue velvet, Lexi. We have um, Alexa, who is the waxer. She was given the first package. It was eerily similar to um, Berkeley. Is that her name? Uh, the woman who was on Ben Flashnick's season, who um, went on to be on Bachelor Pad. I want to say it's Berkeley. Really, really similar um, kind of gags about waxing vaginas. Kelly and Madison definitely ones to watch out for. Madison's the one that's in love with her dad. We'll call her Hoops from here on out. Hoops got the first one-on-one. -on -one. And then we've got um, Kelly with an E who uh, met Peter in a lobby and apparently made quite a fucking impression. Um, we've got two Victorias this season and they're both going to be trouble, although in it's going to be in really different ways. Oh, one more note on Kelly. Mm. It is literally so early in this process. It is very hard to tell. 
sometimes front runners crash and burn. I'm thinking specifically of Olivia Caridi from Ben Higgins season. And um, Kelly could be one of those. You know, the pressure could get to her if you're successful early on, and then you have to watch a parade of one-on-one dates with other women. It can drive you bananas. Um, the Victorias, though, both going to be trouble. If I had to pin it, I'd say uh, Blonde Victoria is going to last longer. She's the one, I want to say, who was given the teacup flashback. Really beautiful editing work. And then um, also McKenna from Canada is definitely going to be trouble. I'm getting some troublemaker vibes from her. These are some early Paradise picks too. Also, I think for Paradise, Marissa, who was given a very, very long intro package where she went on a whole um, ex-pageant girl weight loss and weight gain journey and then was summarily sent packing the first night. I think we might not have seen the last of her. Um, also, looking forward to some commentary from Natasha Cats and Rats. It's in the zeitgeist. It's the year of the rat, and um, Cats is the best movie I don't think I can ever see. Mm. Lozenge in. So, highlights from <laughs> week one. I love uh, the first night at the mansion because the women haven't like chosen sides yet. They haven't decided who their nemeses are yet, and they're all a little kind of drunk. So there's like a there's like a manic camaraderie that exists just on that night, no other night where, you know, one of them will just be tearing through the joint yelling, crisis, crisis, or they'll just, you know, they'll be leaning on each other and riffing on each other. And, um, it's a, it's the wild west in the mansion. And I love that energy. Um, first dates of the season group dates, there's always like a humiliation aspect. Um, and I guess, I mean, you could call the first group date like physical challenges, although there was the math component. Um, and full disclosure, I didn't get all of those right. I may not have known how many feet were in a mile, although I was not off by much. Fuck me. Um, but be that as it may, loved the Top Gun ladies, love a like pair of coveralls. And if, uh, if that was more of a physical challenge, the second group date, which we left in the middle of is the one where you sacrifice yourself on a public altar of humiliation in some way, at least they don't have to sing on stage with boys to men or something like that this time. They just have to tell a sex story. <laughs> I didn't think Hannah's sex story was very good. I mean, it hit the four times note, uh, but I would have preferred something that presented things from a different angle, I guess. 
If I had a note, she's got that Dancing with the Stars body, though. And I have to say, I don't, I can't, I cannot fathom how she could join this season. A, because she was too busy winning Dancing with the Stars. B, because she, it would just, it would drive everyone over the edge. It would drive me over the edge, frankly. Um, it seems so deeply unfair to put Hannah on the same level playing field as these women unfair to them. And, um, for so many reasons. And also he is, he is really moving fast, (laughs) uh, with some of these women too. So other highlights from this week. I mean, Hannah looking great, shaking things up. And so she's going to haunt the season in, in some way, shape or form. That's for certain. Um, Kelly's a cheater. We know how I feel about cheaters. I sympathize with Tammy, although I get it like, Bachelor Nation, uh, I wouldn't say rewards a cheater, but does definitely they definitely don't punish cheaters, especially when it comes to matters of the heart. Hoops first date, <laughs> going to a vow renewal in the parents' backyard. Again, just a hop, skip, and a jump from the mansion. Um, barely had time for a small talk on the drive that also, I mean, I'm just remembering, um, Crystal on Ari's season had a family date very early on and she crashed and burned in the context of her season spectacularly. Madison seems too boring for that. Like she doesn't have the Zaza zoo that Crystal has as a, as a season villain. If I had to pick villains for this season, I mean, Kelly um, could emerge in a villainous kind of way. She's got a target on her back. Um, Oh, you know who I keep forgetting to talk about is Hannah Ann, who I'm already fucking sick of and is probably, probably going to go really far because we know the one that I'm always like, ugh, really is the one that goes the distance. She's, um, this season's Hannah G. She's a perfect projection screen on which we can all, um, (laughs) we can all buy SpawnCon and project our fantasies. Yeah. Not much else to say about her, honestly. Um, McKenna could definitely emerge as a villain. She's really married to this being their love story. And um, Tammy could also emerge as a villain, which I would love. Go Tammy. So next week... I will have some birthdays for you. 
I can't wait to find out who's what, find out who the Sagittarius moon gang is, because that's a really good um, indicator of someone who will show up later, who will make an impression, make a splash. And um, yeah, 30, you know, we've got 25-ish new women to get to know. And we'll see who um, you kind of like goes the distance in our in our hearts and makes it to paradise. It's always such an interesting time. You know, it's like I think about Hannah. I mean, what a difference a year makes. I think about Hannah B. It was her birthday again right at the beginning of filming during the first eight week because she had the she had the first one-on-one on Colton season and she couldn't um, she couldn't relax enough to make a toast. And a year later, not only is she telling her fucking sex tale on a stage next to the wind, a windmill that represents the location of the sex, but she's, uh, she's just achieved a whole uh, new level of poise and a whole new um, level of dignity and gravitas, honestly. Um, but she's still crying on her birthday. It's like we've come so far and yet uh, here we are uh, in the same coil. And that to me is like the true deep magic of Bachelor Nation. Um, and she's got that Taurus moon too. And that's like a stubborn, you know, it's a stubborn, it's not, not a stubborn placement and just, they're both, uh, it's like they both have moved on, but they both can't move on at the same time. They're both kind of just hunkered in and, um, sooner or later, something's going to have to give. So this weekend, I'm going to be doing the great birthday investigations of 2020. And then I will have a whole lot more information for you on what's going on with these women's birth charts. Frankly, I would be willing to wait for another round of cuts (laughs) Um, because it's a lot of data and it's hard. It's still hard to form uh, too much of an emotional attachment to any one of them, but be that as it may, we're, we're diving in. So if uh, you don't know how uh, the party continues on Instagram, you can find me at stars and roses underscore podcast there where I do personal planet trading cards for all the contestants. They're very fun. They break it down. There's lots of emojis. (laughs) And um, now there's a new feature of this anchor podcast where you can leave me a message and I can play it on the air. So if you have a comment that you would like to leave about 
the show. Uh, it can be astrological or not in nature. If you have, yeah, you got something you want to say, let me know and I just might play it quote unquote on the air. I would like to have these episodes out on Thursdays moving forward now that I'm not sick. (laughs) I just wasn't quite able to record yet yesterday, so I'm so glad I'm there today and that this is happening. So, um, yes, keep an eye out on Thursdays. I might be watching live. I might not be. But I'd like this to be less of a recap and more of an analysis and an an essay in and of itself. So with that in mind, thank you so much for being here. Whether this is – you've been listening for a couple of seasons, whether this is your first time tuning in, I am so excited to see where this journey is takes us astrologically and otherwise. Good luck with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction of 2020 that's going down in a couple of days. We'll see you on the other side of that. And um, yeah, thanks for being here. Can't wait to see where this goes.